Unlocking Your World of Creativity with best-selling author and brand innovator, Mark Stinson. Mark introduces you to some of the world's leading creative talent from publishing, film, music, restaurants, medical research, and more. You'll discover how to tap into your most original thinking, how to organize your ideas, and most of all, how to make the connections and create the opportunities to launch your creative work. Unlocking your world of creativity. Welcome back, everyone, to our podcast, Unlocking Your World of Creativity. And today, I'm so happy to have as my guest, Sherry Fernandes. Sherry, welcome to the program. Thank you, Mark. I've been looking forward to this interview, looking forward to meeting you. Yeah, it's going to be a great conversation. And Sherry is a USA Today and Wall Street Journal bestselling author of a book called Life Mastery. And Sherry, I love the subtitle to the personal progression toward an infinite potential. It's something that we all talk about, that we just have to make a forward progress, right? Totally. Yeah, absolutely. It's that we all, you know, it's the key to happiness is that moving forward. We all know we're unhappy when we're stuck. We don't often think about what will make us happy is moving forward. In addition to writing this book, a lot of the experience that Sherry draws on is from her own entrepreneurial stages of creating a great fitness boutique called Fitmania. So we'll talk about the lessons learned from that too, won't we, Sherry? Yes, I learned a lot of lessons there. Yeah. <laughs> well, why don't we start there? The creativity of a business owner and the lessons that drive that you have to have to create a business like that. I, uh, it's interesting that my most of my clients are entrepreneurs and they're people with big ideas. And I suspect this might be you too, Mark, but you have a lot of people with lots of ideas. And I'm one of those people that have a lot of ideas. And then you pick one or you pick several. <laughs> you should only pick one. And then just, just push it with everything that you've got and do it what you believe in. And it works out. And I always said that. I always believed that we've had other businesses and it worked just like that. We were very successful at Fitmania. It's a business that I started because I, I knew I had, it's not really a secret. There's so much noise around fitness that so many lies are told and it was so much simpler. And I knew I found the answer for myself and helped a lot of people with that. And I also had personal development. So I started a business that I could do both. And we were very successful in helping people change their life, their fitness, their a lifestyle, finances, relationships, also were a side gig we did a lot of. Very successful that way, not successful financially. And I thought that I had failed because I had not done well with the business, but still, you don't wanna do business and, and lose money. But I walked away from that business, closed the door pretty down about the money that I lost there. And then I wrote the book and realized I could not have written a book without the business. So that story wasn't over. So I think that's a good principle. You know, I thought, okay, that's a chapter in my past not going back there anymore. No, never let me start another business. I was kind of down about it. And then when I wrote the book, I thought I never could have done it. Now, you know, if I, my book continues to do well, I'm going to make all the money back. There you go. <laughs> go cover the See how that works? Yeah. Uh, I think it's such an interesting, for me, it was an interesting added chapter. Like I thought I'd written the chat last chapter on that business, but it was very successful. We made a difference in a lot of people's lives. And I still have people contact me and say, you changed my life. So by that measure, it was always successful. Yeah, and it's interesting you say, Sherry, that the fitness development and fitness improvement also came with these other things. Yeah. That yeah, isn't it interesting? And I was wondering your experience and, you know, was it really the fitness goals people were after or were they also trying to develop themselves in other ways as well? Yeah, I, I think fitness, see, I, at first I didn't believe it, but I learned that fitness usually came first. But I think what they, you said, they want something more. And it just occurs to me, yes, they did. They wanted 
life mastery. They wanted mastery over their own lives. And when you're out of control physically, your diet's out of control, your body's out of control, um, it's hard to feel control in everything else. And so most clients, pretty much every client, but mainly, and most of my one-on-one uh, -on -one coaching clients, uh, the physical it starts there because that's where they start to learn how to gain control over their life. Mm -hmm. And then we can add the relationships, the spiritual, the money, the, the business, the educational things, all those other things, the lifestyle. We can add all those other things. I had one client I remember in particular, she said, I'm just about the fitness. I don't really want to do these other things. I just want oh, fitness. I certainly don't want to do anything spiritual. And then uh, oh, six or eight months later, she was in my office saying, where can you point me towards something spiritual? Don't give me any church. <laughs> but where can you see it? It's interesting that once we get hold of that one, um, people want to move on and, and see what else they can do. And one of the key concepts in your book, Sherry, because it is about life mastery, you know, is to really try to understand for yourself, what are you trying to master? And, you know, a lot of people call it finding your why. But even if you know what that is, and you have the burn, a lot of people just don't know, well, what do I do? How do I implement the steps it's going to take to reach my goals? Yeah, I found myself as a very undisciplined teenager, young adult, and then all of a sudden, I'm married and I want things in life I want. Uh, I didn't want a ceiling up, we're poorer than dirt, and we could hardly feed ourselves. I didn't want a ceiling on my finances. I wanted to have these babies and still have a really great body. And I wanted to pick up the education that I lost, that I missed, not the degree, but the actual education. I wanted all these things and how to get it. And that's exactly what you're saying is what I found is I found people who could motivate me and a lot of them, and I'm grateful for those, a lot of authors, speakers, writers, uh, great minds, and I'm so grateful for those people. A lot of them might kind of point me in the direction of what I might ought to do. But I was desperate for some tools. Like, tell me how to do this. I get it. I know I want what you say, but give me a place to start. How do I do that? And while the, the tools that I teach are not anything deep and complicated, they're pretty obvious. Nobody, I had to kind of search those out myself and find those myself. So I believe that that's what's lacking in the motivational self-help realm, an actual system. When I speak, I often, one of my topics I like to speak on is, um, why systems are more important than goals. Because if you have all the goals, you've got great, marvelous, wonderful goals, but you don't have a good system, implement the action steps, you're not gonna make it. And we often think that people, we laugh about people on New Year's resolutions, but the re they're not people are not weak. It's not that well, we are a little weak, but we're not <laughs> we're weak. It's not the weakness in this, it's the lack of systems. We didn't, we have a New Year's resolution, we wanna accomplish this thing, but then we'll, we don't have a good enough system to carry us through the honeymoon phase. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. And what can you share with us about your system, your approach, uh, your method of getting started? I mean, maybe that's the hardest thing of all is just getting started. Getting started. You know, when I'm working with people and I do the same thing in the books, you want to emphasize, you said it, you want to emphasize your why, because you've got a big enough why, big dreams, big goals, a big enough why to, to make it worth it. But then as soon as I can get people to think about their why and just get started on that why, a vision of their life and what they'd like it to look like, uh, I go right to teaching uh, tracking sheets. Something I learned when I was uh, in my 20s and I just, I thought this works for children, these little charts for children to get them to do what they're supposed to do every day. It might work for me. So they're free on my website too. I've given these away for years. I give them away just freely. It's just a, basically a little calendar where you light down the things you want to do, you need to do every day. And there's the days of the month across the top. And you just check it off and you think that sounds too simplistic, but I've got clients 10 years ago 
who still think, who swear by the system and still use the system. I've used it for 40 years. It's the way you develop habits. It's a good way to get started, but not with everything you want to do. Uh, usually I have clients, and I would suggest also in the book, one, two, three things that you're not already doing, maybe one thing on there that you are doing so you can feel the satisfaction and then add from there. I run about 10 or 11 or 12 daily habits. Uh, some of them fluctuate, some are always there. Well, always for all my life will be there. Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't start with 10. I would just sink you. Start with two, three, get a tracking sheet, order it on the website, lifemasterinfo.com, order that, get those and just start and just start. Just put your workout on or put get out of bed at a certain time. You know, if you aren't brushing your teeth, put brush your teeth on there. Put that Whatever. down on the list. Put that right at the top, okay. Yeah. Well, let's don't skip too fast over that website. Tell us again, Sherry. Okay, it's lifemasteryinfo.com. And there's three downloads, actually. They're all free. And, uh, and I do that because I just believe in it so thoroughly. I really just want everybody to do tracking sheets. I think it'll change your life. So there's the tracking sheets. Um, there's an assessment that talk about the eight areas of life. So you can measure really where you're at and what you're looking for there is on a wheel graph. You're looking for flat spots on your wheel. That's really, it's not a complete assessment of your life. You're just looking for where your wheel's flat. And then there's also a reading list on there. Those are all free. And uh, I just, I, you, know, you can even email me, I'll send them to you. <laughs> That's yeah, very, very gracious, thank you. Well, Sherry, let's think about then how you applied some of this process to your own creative work and development of this book as you were, Really, I guess, starting with why should I publish this and what story do I want to tell? What were some of the creative hurdles that you found yourself having to overcome? The biggest one was, because I have been speaking, teaching, mentoring workshops for 25-ish years. And I would frequently have people afterwards say, uh, you should write a book. And I would say, my re rejoinder every time was, I'm a speaker, not a writer. <laughs> I didn't really feel like I, and that was my biggest hurdle, is I didn't feel like, I've written a lot of articles for my websites and stuff like that over the years. And even that was a process of learning how to do it. I didn't feel like I was a writer. And then a couple of things happened, COVID not being the least of them. Um, but mostly my husband said, a couple of people said, you should write a book. My husband said, really, Sherry, you really should write a book. I'm like, okay. And he tells me, I like, I, I said, well, listen. And I thought, okay, well, if I'm a good speaker, which I am, <laughs> uh, if I could write like I speak, well, you can't really do that, I learned, but it got me started. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I, and then the book just flowed out of me, Mark. Honestly, I didn't even write that lot. Some weeks I didn't even write at all. It took me seven months to do it. Uh, usually I wrote three, four days a week, afternoons. And, but like my husband said, you wrote, you spent 40 years writing this book. Yes. So I just had you, to share. you had all the information, you had all, all the content. Yeah, it didn't take very much research. I knew where everything was, I knew the principles, and I didn't, I'd like to really emphasize this too about my book in Life Mastery is that. I didn't put anything in there that I just thought was a good idea. Everything in there, I have done myself for years and years and years. And I've taught it to my clients who've also found success in it. So if I didn't know it for myself with my own experience, it didn't go in the book. The only kind of exception that was on meditation. And I tell in the book, I'm new at this. I've only been doing it a few years. So I'm still a baby in meditation. So this is what I've learned so far. And this is what people say. So I did make that, um, statement in there to not so I don't want to claim something, mm -hmm. claim something of myself that I didn't totally know yes that's one thing I didn't just find a good idea research in my book about it I lived it well I am curious then on your own as you call it the personal progression did you learn anything new about yourself even though you had been speaking about this for so long 
the act or the practice of writing it down? Did you find anything new about yourself? Yes, I did. Um, I learned some things about myself. More importantly, I clarified some concepts that I was able, I have to put these things in a language now, speaking or talking to somebody. I can keep talking until I get the point across, right? I had to be succinct. So I had to really think it through. And I've got clients to while I'm doing this too, while I'm writing it. Mm -hmm. So I'm actually kind of practicing on one in particular that was really pushing me to write the book as well. And so I was able to run these things by. But I think the thing I learned best about myself is how well I knew this, how much I really had to offer in this realm. I knew it, but I didn't, you don't really know something until you actually have to do something like write a book about it. And the way it came out of me and the way it just flowed out of me so easily, mostly, not out every minute, but most of the time I thought, I really do know this. This is something I do really know. And so it solidified my own understanding and my own knowledge of my knowledge, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm, for sure. And then what about the actual, so, so you get the word file, but now you got to hit the send button to publish. <laughs> oh, yes. how, how did you feel that day? Uh, well, first of all, I had no idea how to do this thing, this book thing. I thought you just have to start. And that's true of every goal thing you do, right? If you try to figure out everything before you start, you'll never start. I had no idea how you publish the book. I had no idea how you get a the book number or you get a cover. I didn't any of that, thing, that stuff. And those people just showed up when I needed them. But the day I pushed that send button, yeah, I thought this is for real. And the day I first got that, that held that book in my hand. Uh, that was almost scary. I was almost like, oh my gosh, what have I done? <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't read it for a couple of days. I wouldn't even open it for a couple of days. I thought, okay, just read it, Sherry. And yes. then again, I had that re, uh, reconfirmation that I said, this is really good. I, I didn't know if it'd be good. And I thought, this is really good. I, I'm proud of it. And I do, do know my stuff. It must have been a moment where you could relate then to all those clients who said, I didn't really feel you know, confident to start. You know, I didn't know what the outcome would be. And you told them to start anyway. Yep, start anyway, just start. And that's one reason why I start early with the tracking sheet. I work with them long enough to find out one goal that they're something they're working on, something that they're concerned about, which is typically a workout, or uh, it might be, like I said earlier, getting out of bed at the right time so they can get their stuff done. It might have to do with something spiritual, maybe prayer or meditation, something like that. But usually one thing that's on my mind or one or two. And I, I work with them long enough to find out what those are and get them on a tracking sheet so they can learn, not because they're the most important things they'll do, although they might be so they can learn the process and then we said and that's what i'll tell them all the time just get started just start the tracking sheet just do it today know today what you're going to do tomorrow have a plan for tomorrow and just take it one day at a time but just get started and then we can build on that over the months as we work on other goals um that principle of, of tracking and also just get started just start let's just start today and see how it goes let's do it for a week see how you do mm -hmm. Well, and some creative listeners might be thinking, well, you know, here's another self-help author. Everything's been so easy for Sherry. So she's written uh -huh. it down. But I think your story goes a little deeper than that. And I think we'd be remiss if we didn't rewind the tape, because a minute ago, you said your goal was to have some babies and get out of the poorhouse. <laughs> How did you do on either one of those? By the time I thought I, by the time I was trying to like get out of the poorhouse and thought that I needed to have those babies in a good figure, I already had the babies. <laughs> yeah, see, so, it's funny how yeah. we do that backwards. <laughs> I did that backwards. <laughs> so what happened is I've got a, a lot of passion for life. Well, sometimes your strengths can lead you down the wrong path. <laughs> That's my excuse. So I graduated at 17, too young. My parents uh, are kind of, their marriage is in trouble. I'm just sort of adrift and I'm happy to be because I'm just, I just want to go out and 
uh, touch and feel and see and do everything. Well, that can lead you down some bad paths. And so it was the early 70s, young people on the road. I was hitchhiking, I was partying, I was uh, drinking a lot, using some drugs, it really wasn't my jam. So I didn't do a ton of that, but um, I was pretty, I was pretty wild out there. And uh, I got pregnant and that changed my world quite a bit because I thought I'd get this baby up for adoption, but I really had this experience where I just knew I shouldn't, I never wanted children either. So I don't want to make it with this baby, but they laid that baby in my arms and my whole world changed. So then I started to settle down a little bit. Then I got married, which I'm not planning to do either, but now I've got this baby. I think this is probably a good idea. And now I'm married and I have another baby. And that's when I'm thinking something, this is not getting me where I want to go. And my husband was the same. He, he felt like there was great things in store for us. But I said, we can, we were, and Mark, I cannot exaggerate this enough. We were not surviving. Ken would work two jobs. I've took children into our home so I could be home with my own kids. And that was, that was still a struggle to pay our, to pay our utilities and to have put food on the table. We had a lot of little miracles in those days, but still we had about 10 years like that, but about two years in, I said, okay, I want things in life and I got to figure out how to get them. And so I started reading in Ken too. We started, I started with Zig Ziglar, see at the top. And we just started adding and, and Ken would listen to um, business uh, programs on the way to and from work. And eventually we had a few moments of pretty deep despair, but mostly we were happy with our family and everything just poor. And we finally started our own business and was successful. We'd had a goal to have a mil be worth a million dollars by the time Ken was 40. And we're both up same age. And by the time we were 40, we did have our million dollars worth of value. And that was 25 years ago. It did turn around for us, but it took a little time. But these principles that I'm teaching, that's how I did it. That's why I wrote it. That's why I teach it. I learned the principles. I lived them. I found success in all those eight areas. I'm still growing in all eight areas, of course. Uh, but I found really good success. I'm frustrated, kind of, that there's so many people trying to be life coaches. I don't know what they do for sure, but life coaches or whatever they want to call it, that have not practiced life, mm -hmm. not found success. How do you teach about relationships if you've been divorced three times? Or how do you teach somebody how to live if you're you know, 50 pounds overweight and you're out of shape? I, I feel like people should be on higher ground before they start teaching other people how to live. Mm -hmm. And so you've lived that life and you want to put those life lessons in this book then? That's what I did. And so every, and it, so it comes off a little bit like a little bit of a memoir as I explain how I learned different things, but hopefully the, the value in it really is in the principles that I'm teaching yes. and, and the methods for improvement. Yeah. And then on the personal side, you built that family. Yes. Six kids, Mark, I have six children. And I thought when I still see people from May 4, they're like, I cannot believe you have kids at all, let alone six. But yes. <laughs> we discovered we're family people. And one thing I think we both feel really proud of, Ken would often say, I could make more money uh, if I worked longer hours, but it's not, I'm not willing to make that sacrifice of my family. He liked to come home at the end of the day and see his kids and see, be, see me. And so we kept, we we're really good at keeping balance. And that was in an era when it was like pushed, you know, the idea for entrepreneurs is you just got to work day and night and until you make your dreams come true. And we didn't do that. Uh, and as a result, we hold held on to our family relationships, our marriage, our health. And uh, now in, in hindsight, we know that, that was the right way to do it. Mm -hmm. Not just give everything to the business and financial success. And we still did very well. We've done very well financially. Still yes. got projects, still have buying a new business this week. I can but, tell you. Well, it's, it's very exciting. And the idea that you're talking about looking for the you know flat sides of the tire, 
I mean, you have these various dials like you describe in the book, the physical, the spiritual relationships, education, motivation, yeah, the vocation and the money for sure, but also the lifestyles and the character. Uh, I found that very interesting because, you know, these other things you seem to, I don't know, maybe I I looked at them as uh, quantitative that you can measure how much money or you can say how many jobs or how many, uh, you know, hours you're putting into the job. But talk about this idea of character and how you can assess and evaluate where you stand on that part of the wheel. Um, thank you for bringing that up because that was an important one to me. That came later. I taught seven areas for forever. And uh, I added character just before I started, about the time I was writing the books, I always thought something was missing. If you, if you are working really hard and you've got these big dreams and you're passionate about your, your enterprise, your, your entrepreneurship, your or, or even your fitness or whatever, but in particular, let's talk about business. If you're not careful, it's too easy to blur the lines of integrity, right? Because you want this so bad. But if you're over here, you're thinking, I'm also working on developing character. Um, I want to be a person of character. This is who I want to be. It helps temper the temptation to cut corners and mm-hmm. to, to not take care, maybe to say something to be a, to pretend to be an expert in an area where you're not or whatever could happen. But measuring is a little trickier, isn't it? Uh, of course, I've got 10 questions on the, on the uh, assessment that you can ask yourself. But this is a second system that I teach is written daily affirmations. And that's a place where you can put things that you want, that you're trying to be. I'm a person of character. I am honest. Those things you can't really measure. But also, I am kind. I'm a good listener. There's a lot of things that we want to be that we can't really put on a tracking sheet. So we need another system. So we have a tracking sheet for things we want to do. Get out of bed on time, brush my teeth, work out, eat clean, drink enough water, you know, those, whatever those things are. Make 10 sales calls a day, however that looks. Over here, we have, these are the things I want to be. And daily written affirmations are the bomb for changing who you are. I mean, they just, if I only did one thing in a day, which I never would, I never have to make that choice. We'd always love to just do one thing. (laughs) If I would accomplish one thing in a day, I'm going to write those daily, those daily written affirmations. And of course, I explained that in the, in the uh, book, how to do that. But you write them from memory as if they were, and you write them every day. And you think that's, that saying an affirmation is powerful. Try writing it every day and uh, see, it just, it changes your life. So that's the way that, that's the place where we put, generally put character things. You could put some other, measure some other ways, like, you know, I, I give so much to charity. You might want to count that as a, as a character thing, but typically character qualities are hard to quantify. Quanti- but you know when you cross the line, right? Mm-hmm. You want to work on. Well, your- and like you said, this idea of cutting corners—you sort of know when you are trying to cheat yourself, you know, yeah. or cheat the system. Yeah, you you do, or when you're saying something that's not strictly true, you have that un- hopefully that uncomfortable feeling that something wasn't quite right in that conversation, or you pretend to know something you don't know, or you know, to get the customer or you make a promise with the customer that you can't keep um, those kind of things, you know, when you've crossed the line, but if it's on your mind all the time that I've got to work on character, it makes it a lot easier. I won't, I can work with people in business or I can work with people in fitness or I can work with people in spiritual coaching. I could do just one area, but I never will do that because if you work too hard in one area, you put so much focus in one area, it will cost you too much. You will pay somewhere else. If you put too much focus in your fitness or in your business and you neglect your marriage, well, the price is too high. So, and I think the, the, the draw, the people that are drawn to me for 
mentoring are people who realize that they're a little out of control. I think that's why I get so many entrepreneurs. They know that they're missing some stuff and they need to get those habits in place. And that's typically, that would be the most often the work that I do is help them see what they want, see what's missing, what they want in those other areas and make sure that they're, they're not missing anything. And then they don't have too many ideas out there. Try to narrow it down just a couple. Yes. And so uh, Sherry, an exciting milestone for you with the book. It's yeah. again, uh, listeners, it's called Life Mastery. So, but what's over the horizon? What's next for you? I'm going to spend my, my one, number one goal right now. I feel like the information I have is life-changing in the, in the book. Plus, I make all that money back. I lost it. To <laughs> so um, I'm going to really focus hard. I'm going to do the audio book. Um, I'm just trying to decide. I'm trying to find something. Maybe, you know, I'm looking for somebody locally. I've got somebody in California that can do it. But I'm, I'm going to get the audio book. And this, by the end of this week, I'm going to have something pinned down or die trying. So I'm going to do the audio book. I'm going to, I've got a lot of more interviews. So a lot of my hosts have asked me to come back. So I'm going to be doing quite a few more interviews. I've got quite a few of those left. Uh, speaking, of course, I always like to at least mentor one, two, three clients. And right now I have two and finishing up, I think, with one. So I'll probably take on a couple more clients. And, and that, but the book thing for the next year until next summer. And then I probably want to focus on something else. Yeah. We travel well, a lot and I've got some trouble. Well, I know a lot of creative listeners uh, will have ideas spinning about how to help you with the book. That's for sure. And what is your view, Sherry, as we turn the corner, we're looking for a brighter, new, optimistic view of the world now. But what is your sense of the world of creativity and how people now want to sort of revisit their goals and ambitions and life transformations? What, what's your sense of things? I think COVID in particular, plus some of the other things we've had going on, but the whole thing, the whole political fuss and all of the stuff going on has been very negative. And I think what happens is like so many other areas of life is going to be, we're going to divide not between the left and the right, but between those who do themselves, their goals, and they say, okay, here's opportunity. Because of COVID, I now have an opportunity to do this and this. I can change my business this way, or I can open a new business. Our businesses have all thrived during COVID, by the way. New ways of doing things, creativity. I'm going to do something new. I'm going to start a new kind of, I can't believe how many people are starting new businesses. It's just crazy. People around us are everywhere. Or you're going to have the person who's trying to do things the old way, is wringing their hands. I can't believe we got the, this president. I can't believe we got this governor. I can't believe we uh, got this mayor. Whatever it is. At, a, at any know, level, like, anywhere. COVID's ruined my life. Yes. <laughs> I do have a few opinions on those things, but for the most part, the people are just doing them. I have the, what we call these big thinkers dinners at my house where I invite people who I just know are working on their own. They're just, they've got too busy to worry about the jump going on around them. They're rising above, they're busy, they've got goals, dreams, they've got projects, enterprises, and they're looking for other people that they can talk to. Just, you know, Jim Rohn said, we're the sum of the five people we spend most of our time with, right? And so they're looking for other like-minded people and they just want to talk about ideas. And so I just think that's going to be the dividing line between those who just wring their hands and say the world's going to hell and those who are like, oh, look at the opportunities. So strong. Well, sure you. Way. well, thanks for reminding us of that. So listeners, think about the five people you're spending the most time with. And I'm going to steal an idea from you, Sherry. I'm going to have a big thinker dinner. Uh, I would love to get around the table with people who want to talk about something other than those other two or three topics you mentioned. And uh, let's start talking about hopes, wishes, and dreams instead. Well, invite me. <laughs> yeah, you're coming. You'll be yeah, there. And I'll make sure I invite you this. You do one, I'll do one. We'll compare there you notes. go. We'll compare I'll, notes. I love it. I'm looking for big, new big thinkers and 
Uh, I love it. I love those men. I love those minds. I love those people. I just love people with big ideas. Indeed. Well, listeners, my guest has been Sherry Fernandez. Sherry, tell us again where to uh, access your website and all these great resources you've offered us. You can access the website. It's lifemasteryinfo.com. And you can contact me at contact at lifemasteryinfo.com or on Facebook, of course. Contact me. My thing here is to make a difference in the world. So I, I'm always really available if somebody's looking for something, help a speaker, coaching, or just need some advice. You know, I'm happy to return emails or answer questions. I'm just just here to make people's world go around. It's been great talking to you. Sherry Fernand's book is Life Mastery, Personal Progression Toward an Infinite Potential. Can't thank you enough for being with us, Sherry. Thank you, Mark. I look forward to that party. (laughs) Absolutely. And come back again for our next episode. We're going to continue our around the world virtual creative journey as we talk to creative practitioners about how they get inspired with new ideas and how they organize their ideas and ultimately gain the confidence and the connections to launch their work out into the world. So until next time, I'm Mark Stinson, and we're unlocking your world of creativity. See you soon. Unlocking your world of creativity with best-selling author and brand innovator, Mark Stinson. This program was produced by BSB Media, creators of IntelliKey Leadership Stories, Unlocking Your World of Creativity, and ThePeaceRoom.Love. We've created a special offer just for listeners of the podcast. You can get the book, A World of Creativity, for a special price of $5.98 for paperback. And the Kindle version is only $0.99. Cents. Go to mark-stinson.com to take advantage of this special offer. Our podcast is supported by Adobe and the Adobe Creative Cloud, the world's best creative app and services, so you can make almost anything you can imagine wherever you're inspired. We use Adobe to help make this podcast, using Audition, Premiere Rush, InDesign, and more. So join the creative community with the Adobe Creative Cloud, and let's make something better, unlocking your world of creativity.